Welcome into another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris, and I will remind you at the start that this is a Broadway Sports Media podcast. BroadwaySportsMedia.com is the best place to get all of your Titans news and analysis, so be sure and check that out. Uh, the, the podcast, like I said, is Home Run Throwback. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Just search out Home Run Throwback and subscribe to us there, and you'll get our new episodes as soon as they are available. I am joined again tonight by the biggest J.J. Watt fan on Titans Twitter, Easton Freeze. <laughs> Easton, how are you tonight? <laughs> I'm just doing great. It's, it's been a good night watching <laughs> the Chiefs be really uh, mediocre at football. It's, it's crazy. It's the, the, the downfall of the Chiefs has been something that I was not expecting to happen this year. So Not complaining. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so um, we jump in here. Uh, like I said, I'm Jimmy Morris. You can follow me on Twitter at jmorrismcm. You can follow Easton on Twitter at Easton Freeze. Uh, all right, so we're going to start out talking about Titans versus Colts. Obviously, you know, Derrick Henry injury has been the thing that's dominated the news today. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that kind of at the end and, and some of the, you know, just, just conversation around that going forward. But the Titans got a huge win yesterday, and I feel like that's been lost a little bit, um, especially here in Nashville today, just with all the reaction to the Derrick Henry thing. And, I mean, that makes sense. He's the best player on the team. Lose him, you know, that, that's a big deal. But I do feel like we should at least talk a little bit about a little bit about what happened in that game yesterday. So Titans go to Indy, get a 34-31 overtime win, and one of the crazier games that I can ever remember watching. Just the back and forth, and the penalties, and the you know the the pick six that Carson Wentz threw, and the, I mean it was just it was it was crazy. So um, you know just kind of starting off the. Derrick Henry was not effective in this game. I mean, obviously now we know that was in large part <laughs> to the fact that he had a broken foot. Um, yeah. You know, and, you know, the, the more I've listened and read about that today, it sounds like it wasn't necessarily a thing that happened on a single play, probably been there over time. But we know at least that it was bothering him the first quarter because they showed the shot on the broadcast of him on the sideline with his shoe off there looking at his foot. He comes back in the game and carries the ball like 26 more times after that, which is just insane to think about. But the Titans were able to win this game without Derrick Henry being effective. I mean, he carried the ball 28 times for 68 yards. So that's 2.4 yards per carry. So I know that the offense changes now and the way the defense approaches this offense changes now with Derrick Henry off the field. But I, I think seeing what we've seen, especially the last – two weeks, because he wasn't very good against the Chiefs either, um, you have to have a good amount of confidence in what this offense is going to be able to do going forward. Now, it's going to be different. It's not going to be as as eff- effective. What's the word I'm looking for here? As, like, succinct as it has been. Um, dynamic. Dynamic, absolutely. Um, but efficient. Efficient is the word I was looking for. There you there's go. There's so many things that, that Derrick Henry does in the passing game and all of that stuff just by being on the field that they're not going to have with him out. But at the same time, we saw yesterday that A.J. Brown is still a dominant wide receiver. Um, You know, it took him a long time to get him involved in the game. But once they did, you know, you go to him on that first play, the first play that went to him, he gets a 57-yard touchdown um, where he just runs by a guy and breaks a tackle. And, I mean, the things that A.J. Brown does, Mm -hmm. they did all that without Julio on the field. So, I mean, I, I think you have to feel good about where this offense is going to be. And we saw them in this game be able to do some things when Derrick Henry wasn't effective and be able to do some things going down 14 nothing early. I think there's a false narrative around this team that if you can get up on them early, that, you know, they got to go out, come out of their game plan and they can't do it. Well, they were down 14 nothing just in the first quarter, and it didn't look like it affected them at all. No, it didn't. And, you know, first of all, it really was crazy how Derrick – 
was able to finish the game with that broken foot for 28 carries, it was really uh, just the the toughness that involves, almost like when J.J. Watt finished an entire game on a broken shoulder. But that's a topic for a different time. Right, yeah. That's you, know, you don't have to be a fan of him to understand that it, that was really tough of him. But uh, anyway, you know, yeah, the Titans, like you said, I actually tweeted this last night before the Derrick Henry news dropped. Um, you know, the Titans, I, I said something along the lines of the Titans have to feel pretty good as a team that has a, a uh, the, the narrative surrounding them is that they can only win one way. And that's, uh, on the ground with Derrick Henry, but in the last two games, Henry had just 68 and 86 yards carrying the ball, uh, and they still scored 61 points. The offense did, and that was just in seven or uh, six quarters because they they didn't get into the end zone at all in the second half of the of the. Uh, actually, that's the last three games. Excuse me, the second half of the the Bills game. So in the last three games, they've scored uh, almost 30 points in all three games. And uh, that was just in, in 10 quarters of football, you know, AJ Brown is, is coming on as the guy that we all know him to be. Um, I think Mike Herndon tweeted something along these lines today. And I said the same thing, you know, with Henry out, you could definitely see him have a Devonte Adams esque, second half of the season just in terms of the reliance on him week to week now I think it would be much better for the Titans to have Julio Jones around healthy enough to be that wide receiver too um but but AJ has proven that he is capable of carrying the load for the team and being that guy now part of his ability to get open uh and and for them to capitalize on those big play action pass plays is the fact that that play action threat of Derrick Henry is on the field. And like you said today, I saw you say something along these lines on Twitter that, you know, it's one thing in the last two games when Henry was really ineffective, yet the the team was able to score. Um, You know, even though he's not super effective in the box score, he is super effective in terms of being that threat on the field. And when he's that threat to run the ball and be that guy, the defense has to honor that, and that opens up a lot of possibilities for the passing game. Um, and when he's not on the field, as he's not going to be for the next couple of uh, months, that threat is not gone. They'll still be running backs back there, but they're not Derrick Henry, right? And so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that play-action game, because you, it's we've it's been proven that the Titans, when they run – somewhere, I forget the number, somewhere around 30% or more play-action plays in the Ryan Tannehill-Derrick Henry era, they win ballgames. So will the play-action game be as effective for this Titans team with with Henry off the field temporarily? That's, I think it's a good question. Um, You know, play-action works for more teams in the league than just the Titans, and not every team has a Derrick Henry. So as long as their running game is still serviceable, I don't see why they can't continue to capitalize in the play action pass game. Um, but it will be interesting. You know, a friend of mine who's not a Titans fan. So his perspective was interesting on this today. He, he said, you know, as much as it is, as it stinks for the Titans to have lost Henry when they were, you know, really starting to get things rolling and looking impressive. And that's not to say we'll get into this more later, but that's not to say that they aren't impressive now. Um, but it certainly is, is a blow to lose your, your stud best running back in the league. 
he was saying as much as that is a bummer, this is going to be a really interesting opportunity for Ryan Tannehill to kind of answer some questions that have been lingering on him, not necessarily from people that, that, that follow the team. I don't think there's been many questions from folks that, you know, know more about what they're talking about. Clearly Ryan Tannehill has been an, a, a really incredible quarterback in this league for the Titans since, since coming to Nashville, but whether or not he can carry that load and be a drop back passer um, and, and, and be that guy that a lot of other top line uh, quarterbacks in the league, other other guys that statistically in other categories he is on the same page as, but in terms of the volume of their workload, he doesn't he doesn't do what they do. The Josh Allen's and the Patrick Mahomes and the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers of the the league. You know when he and, and again I don't think the Titans are going to go away from their their game plan their identity so much that that Ryan Tannehill is all of a sudden going to be throwing forty five times a game. But he's going to have to carry the load significantly more down the stretch of this season. And so it's going to be interesting to see if he's that guy. And I think as long as A.J. Brown and or Julio Jones remain healthy and are out there as targets for him during this stretch, I think it'll be um, a fair sample size to uh, evaluate him and his ability to to be that guy who's a, a really serviceable, really good NFL quarterback without Derrick Henry on the field. Yeah, there's a part of me that's excited for Ryan Tannehill and all this because, like you're saying, um, so much of the narrative surrounding him for people that don't watch this team is that he is a product of Derrick Henry. That you right. know, without Derrick Henry, he would be the same guy he was in Miami. And you know, if you watch him at all, you know that's not the case. I mean, he threw a terrible interception in this game. Um, I heard people talking today about how he threw two terrible interceptions. Well, he got hit on the second one, so I don't really know how you can say that one was was really a bad decision um because right decision wise it wasn't terrible it was nowhere near the receiver but right um but you know i I think he's going to get a chance to prove that he's a different guy than he was in miami and i feel like he can do that um i don't know that he'll be as effective um but you know I, i think he is plenty good enough for them to win with him as long as you know he's got the weapons and and all of that stuff um you know and like in this game i mean you saw him spread the ball around uh, that, which has been a, a trademark of his since he's been here. Um, was tight end university all of a sudden there yeah, in the first yeah. half. Yeah, uh, All of a sudden, Jeff Swaim's catching four passes, um, which was, was kind of crazy. It, it's crazy that there were what, Dynamic pass catcher, yeah, there Jeff were Swaim. Seven receptions by the tight ends, and Ferkser only had one, which is kind of weird what what he has been this year, but that's you know kind of a topic for a different time. They had to make up for the entire season of underproduction. They yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, game. I, mean, I mean, you can see you can see those things coming together, and like you said, you get Julio back out there, and it's a it's a different deal. Now we just have to we just have to you know send all of our prayers up and everything that AJ Brown stays healthy because that's the key now. Um, yes, like you said, as long as he's out there then good things are going to happen, and, you know, he, he can make those things happen. Um, but they, they got to have him. I think we're going to see Ryan Tannehill probably use his legs a little bit more. We know he's effective when he does that. So I think we'll probably see some of that going forward as well. But, you know, in this game, again, he ends, he ends up with 265 yards passing. He throws three touchdowns. Um, you know, made the plays when, when, he had to, when they had to have him. He, he stepped up and made the plays, which has been a thing that he's done the, the whole time he's been here. So you, you yep. feel good about that. The defense continued to be good. Um, you know, there were the, the I think the most frustrating thing from the defense in this game were the pass interference calls. They're and, disciplined. Yeah, and listen, like I get it. Like it's a 
it's kind of it's kind of crappy, right? That 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 you get those calls and they're forty yard penalties on a terribly thrown ball, all that stuff. Like I understand all that, and, and you can talk about whether or not pass interference should be a spot foul and, and all that stuff. But you know, we heard this team talk all week about defensive backs getting their head around, and we saw three times in this game where the defensive back didn't get their head head around. And right. so that was frustrating. I don't understand for the life of me how, you know, the play at the end that sets up their touchdown um, right at the end of the, in the fourth quarter, I don't understand how they let a guy get behind them there. I mean, that's yep. completely inexcusable. You know, and again, like the, the throw was terrible and, and all those things are certainly true. But you can't, like, I, and I don't know what the coverage was and all that stuff, but you can't have two guys chasing that receiver behind them in that situation. Like, that's just, that, that's something that, cannot be accepted but at the same time like overall they they played well um you know I thought that the Colts I mean Carson went through the ball 51 times in this game which is kind of crazy because Jonathan Taylor was was pretty good running I mean he had 16 carries for 70 yards um it felt like if maybe if they had tried to do a little bit more of that they they could have moved the ball at least differently um, but, you know, the, the whole Carson Wentz doesn't throw interceptable passes and all that stuff. I mean, you saw that go out the window. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think it was Chad Withrow that said the thing about, you know, that pick six. Basically, what Chad was saying, and, what, and it was true, that that was better than the Colts taking a safety right there. It I mean, was. Get it. Yeah, because then the now Chad gave Now Chad gave Carson credit well, exactly. for it. Exactly. I know. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I said, Chad should not be giving him credit for right, thinking Right, right. It's not like. no way right. he did that it's on purpose. It's not like he saw Elijah Molden coming and said, here, please take this so we get the ball back. I mean, that's But he did look into the happened. best case scenario. Right. It was a terrible decision, but it worked out for the best for them because, you know, obviously with the safety, Titans get two points and the ball. And so right. it just kind of changes the way that goes. But, I mean, you know, again, the Titans were – in the backfield on that play right away, made that made that happen. Um, I mean, you saw them continue to get pressure. Uh, Harold Landry, my goodness, the, the guy has developed into what we, I mean, probably even better than we hoped he could have been when they drafted yep. him, right? I mean, we were all excited about him when he drafted him. It, it, it's been a little bit up and down um, in, in the first few years here, but he's been awesome this year. Uh, they need to get a deal done with him. I mean, I think worst case scenario, he's back here next year on the franchise tag. They, they can't right. let, they can't let him walk. But you see Bud Dupree um, affecting plays a little bit more. I think he's continuing to get healthy. So you're going to see that. I mean, Simmons and Autry still really good in the middle of this defense. That, obviously, like we talked about, issues in the secondary, decision making, discipline, all those types of things were certainly there. Hopefully, they get you know more healthy as we go here. But I, I feel like. I feel better about this defense than I thought I would at this point because, you know, early in the season, especially in the first, you know, what, six quarters of the year, it looked like last year's defense all over again. And yep. we've, we've seen some ups and downs, but overall their play has been much better. And they can affect the quarterback, and they can consistently affect the quarterback. And that's the – I mean, we talked a lot about this last week, but that's the biggest recipe – to being able to, to have success on defense is can you make the quarterback uncomfortable? They couldn't do that at all last year, and that's why you saw a lot of the numbers that you saw. But we're seeing them continue to do that this year. And like I said, as Bud Dupree gets healthier, um, as they get you know Christian Fulton back in the secondary, I think there's still there's still room for this defense to to get better even than it has been, and that's going to help obviously with Henry being out. So th- there's still a lot of things to feel good about with this team. And then, I mean, I'll, I'll let you respond to that, and then we'll talk about, you know, how huge this win ends up being. 
Well, yeah, you know, I, I don't see I don't see this defense doing anything but continuing to improve. You know, the the secondary is still just on paper the skill the 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 talent level um, at these positions outside of the front four and the safety position is is still super patchwork. Um, you know, you're going to be getting fingers crossed your cornerback one and your now rotational linebacker back if not this week but if not this week then in the next couple of weeks and and so having those guys back Christian Fulton should be a massive help to the cornerback room which has you know held their own in the last two weeks given their situation the Greg Mabins of the world shouldn't be playing meaningful snaps um anyways so the fact that he's having to do so much and is you know I think outperforming what could reasonably be expected of a practice squad guy like like him, um, you know, having uh, Christian Fulton back in the lineup will be massive. Having a Jam Brown back in the rotation to to get some of the snap count off of guys like Monty Rice should be uh, good for this team. Kevin Byard is playing fantastic football, by far the biggest boneheaded mistake of his this weekend. Uh, but he made up for it in overtime with the interception. The front four continues to be uh, really, really dramatically improved. You know, Bud Dupree being healthy and coming out of this game after having a really nice game, and the, he made that that near safety uh, sack, near near safety, near sack in the end zone of Wentz that ended up being an interception for a touchdown. And he seems to be doing just fine after the game. So having him for, you know, knock on wood, what seems to be a regular basis now is great news for that front force. Now that you've got a, a, you know, relatively healthy Simmons, Autry, Landry, and Dupree up there uh, full time, you got the whole gang there to continue to to be a terror on the front four. Um, I'm interested to see when... Rashawn Evans comes back, you know, not that he's historically been incredible for the Titans, but I will say in the two games before he got hurt, he looked impressive compared to our expectations for, for him. He seems to be flying around a little bit more. I I don't know what your opinion is on that, but um, I was more impressed with him in the last couple of games before he got hurt uh, than I had been at any point with him as a Titan. So, the the defense should continue to improve. I think I think the onus for this team to be successful over this stretch, uh, remaining of the, the remaining stretch of the season without Henry, and and this is really the onus was on this this unit to begin the season, and they've kind of leveled out. But now it's really going to be on their shoulders to remain healthy and remain effective. Is the offensive line, you know, Tannehill, and I'd I'd have to pull up the stats. I don't have them in front of me, but he has been under pressure almost uh almost as much as as anyone else in the league i believe he's at if not if not at near the bottom uh in or in terms of quarterbacks in the league this season under pressure and when he is in a clean pocket he's a top 3 quarterback in the league this year and he's been it's just been he's been under pressure so often uh, and a lot of that came early in the season you know in the last couple of weeks the pass protection has been a lot better but Without the threat of Henry necessarily being as effective in the play-action game, being able to 
to protect on on drop back passes for Tannehill, who's going to have to step up in a, in a big way, is going to be so tremendously important. And this line will really make or break that, I think, because it's pretty clear if if Ryan Tannehill is given a clean pocket and time to throw, he can be that guy. Um, but he has to be given a clean pocket and time to throw, or else, just like anybody else in that situation would, it becomes kind of a disaster. Um, and so I think that's going to be interesting to see with Lawan back. He's playing some good football. You know, the, this is an interesting question. I, I, ben Jones has been playing all right, kind of up and down. Lawan's been playing well. Saffold has been playing well. This I think this last game may have been one of his worst, if not his worst game of the season. But, you know, he's been dealing with some injuries. But when he's been on the field, he's been doing all right. Raiden's was... It was kind of what you'd expect, in my opinion, from him in uh, his play this last week. The disaster. Nate, well, <laughs> I it was there were a handful of disastrous plays where I where you watch and you're just like, wow, that's bad. He got beat real bad. But in terms of on paper, he didn't he didn't get murdered um, in terms of pressures allowed and sacks allowed. But the handful of times that he did get beat, it was it was bad, bad. I'll agree with you there. Um, but it, the biggest concern for me, frankly, is Nate Davis. He's just been so unimpressive all season. And it feels like it's been a real regression from what he seemed to have become last season. He seemed to be a guy that really put, put it together and he's teeter tottered now from being a disappointment to, uh, a surprise, uh, stud for this team, uh, potential pro bowler last season to now it's like, what's going on? Yeah, it's been a weird thing with him. Like you said, he was he was so good at the end of the year last year. So and good has not been good uh, early on in this season. So yeah, I don't know what the what the deal is there. Um, I mean, maybe that's a result of you know him being paired with a bit of a turnstile at the tackle position on right, that side yeah. of the line. But but that was the case last season too. The line dealt with with kind of a turnstile there. You know, he 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 seems to not have a problem with working with multiple different guys, but I just can't pin it down. I'm not sure what's going on. But, yeah, yeah anyways, that's that's all I have to say on that. Yeah, I mean, they're going to need an offensive line, like you said, is going to have to be really good um, over this stretch. And, um, you know, just to your Rashawn Evans point, I mean, yeah, whatever. He, he played better the last couple of games. But, <laughs> God, I, that's another one that's just kind of a head-scratcher because um, for all the things that, you know, you thought Rashawn Evans might be uh, when they drafted him, um, you know, I was never really thrilled with the pick, just an inside linebacker at spot, like whatever. But, I mean, you thought he'd play disciplined football, and he hasn't done that. And he just has sure. continued to not do that, you know. And so, it, it, I don't know, it's, that's, a, that's a weird thing too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the offensive line is, is, is going to be a huge key in this next little bit. So, we'll, I mean, like I said, hopefully Nate Davis can figure it out and they can continue to make strides there. Like I said a minute ago, I mean, that win yesterday, we knew it was big. turns out to be huge because, effectively, the Titans have a four-game lead over the Colts. Uh, it's three games, you know, in the loss column. But now that you've got the two wins against them, they have to finish a game better than the Titans to win the division, obviously. And right. so that, that's huge because, you know, you're talking about the, the swing being, you know, a full two games there. Um, you know, if, if they would have lost that game. And then when you look at what the Titans have remaining – um, it, it just it, it sets up for listen anything can happen right I mean the Titans had Derrick Henry and lost to the Jets so you know we have to you, you have to kind of 
you know, make that caveat on the front end. But like we said a minute ago, you talk about how this schedule rates out um, with what's left. I mean, they got the Rams on Sunday night. That, that doesn't feel like a good spot. But at the same time, like we've seen this team win games they have no business winning when everybody counts them out. That, that's where, kind of where they seem to be at their best. It's the so, ultimate Titan spot, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, I, you know, I mean, I think they're like a seven, seven and a half point underdog. Um, going to that game and I, right, it was it was six six and a half and yeah. then closed with the Henry news and it only jumped up to seven and a half. Yeah. So, so I'd expect that line to continue to creep up because the public's right. going to hammer the yeah. Rams. But uh, they, in terms of Vegas valuing Henry, right, seems to be a, a point, point for this team. Yeah, which and somebody made the point on Twitter earlier today. I saw that you know the, the that Cowboys line swung like six and a half points when it, it, Dak was out versus Dak yes. being in there. So I mean, it's just you know an interesting an interesting piece there. But anyway. So you got you got that game. You have the Saints. The Saints come here on November fourteenth. Uh, the Saints lost Jameis Winston. You know, you however you feel about him, he's better than Taysom Hill or you know Trevor Simeon, whoever they're going to run out in that game. Uh, it's going to be a tough game, but I mean, it's not like they they can't win that game. Then you've got the Texans. The the Texans here. The Patriots on the road. The Jaguars here. They go to the Steelers. The Forty ers come here. The Dolphins come here, and they go to the Texans. So, I mean, how many of those games, the Titans will, I don't know what the line will be against the Saints. I think a lot of that will depend on how this week plays out. But they're going to be favored against the Texans. They'll probably, right, be an underdog in New England. It'll be close. Yes, um, they'll be, they'll they'll be, a, be probably a two-and-a-half-point yeah, underdog. Yeah. They'll, be a, they'll be favored to beat the Jaguars. They'll be an underdog against the Steelers. That 49ers line will be interesting. And, again, all this stuff we're talking about month a month out. Everything, right. everything can change. But just kind of as you look at it right now, if you're if you're setting lines for those games, that's a close one. They're a favorite against the Dolphins here. They're a favorite against the Texans in Houston. So, well, they really know. only have four challenging games left, right. right? I mean, it's it's the Rams, the Saints, the Patriots, and the and the Steelers. And the Saints has an asterisk next to it because right. you don't know who's playing quarterback. Yeah, and so that you know when you look at that being what they have left, when you've got nine games left. And you have a four-game lead, and you've got the Texans twice and the Jaguars once. Like, it sets up to where, I mean, unless we see some, like, catastrophic meltdown, Ryan Tannehill gets hurt. I mean, you know, something along those lines. Right. It would have to go really, really bad for the Titans to not win the division. Now, it's, it's Well, and it would have to go, even if it goes really, really bad for the Titans, it still has to it go has really, to really go good well for the Colts. well for the Colts because they I mean, the, have the, the Titans Bucks. can go can win three games, yeah. and the Colts still have to go 8-1 and one to finish the season. Right. And That's just got, not happening. They've got the Bucks and the Raiders, and I mean, I can't remember everybody that they've got left, but they have a little bit tougher schedule left than, than the Titans do. Um, so, again, that, it's a huge game. It's a huge game that they won yesterday, giving them that four-game lead. Because if they lose that game, this this morning after the Henry News, I mean, Indy might be the betting favorite to win the division at that point with yeah. just one game back and splitting the rivalry. Yeah. And so then you get into the, the, the tiebreakers and all that stuff. So, um, you know, like I said, we knew it was big yesterday. It became even bigger with the news this morning. Um, all right, so now we talk about Der- the Derrick Henry thing. Um, I- I'm sure at this point everybody is – you know, learned more about a fifth metatarsal than they ever thought they would. I know I did today. Ah, um, uh, yes, the Jones fracture. Yeah. So what I what I'll say is, I know Rappaport came out with the report, uh, like around lunchtime, that it's a uh, six to ten weeks is kind of what they're saying. Um, you know, as we sit here today, we've got what ten weeks left in the regular season. 
Um, yes, so, 10 weeks from today is, or 10 weeks from this past weekend is the final regular season weekend. Right. So, assuming they don't need those last, you know, two games, I would prefer that we don't see Derrick Henry until the playoffs. Um, just because Henry the, playing in that in the in the first and the if if the Titans don't get the one seed and they play in the wild card weekend, that wild card weekend Henry would be coming back off of just under eleven weeks yeah. of rehab. Yeah, and and the I mean from everything that I've heard today, and I'm, again as I said, I'm not a doctor, but um, we're, we're doctoring super hard, right? So everything, Every, grain of salt, everything we're about to say. Absolutely, everything that I have heard and read today says. The biggest issue with this injury is coming back too soon and re-injuring it. And then yes. it becomes a problem like going forward. So hopefully, you know, Mike Vrabel said today that the doctors will give him a timeline and he won't care about that. Some people, <laughs> people took that. People uh, took that the wrong way, man. Idiots. Like, I don't understand how, I guess the Ty Sambrello thing has made everybody like stupid. But I, what even, Mike, even Buck was confused by yeah, it at first. He's yeah, like, was, anyway. come on. Um, what Vrabel's saying there is we're going to talk to Derrick Henry and we're going to see what this team needs, and that's how we're going to determine when he comes back. It's not like, well, they tell me six weeks, I'm going to have him back out there in four. That's it's not, the opposite of that. Right, he's saying exactly. he's not wanting to put the expectations yeah. of somebody to be back before they're ready. Yes, exactly. And, of course, I mean, you know, you know Derrick Henry's work ethic and all that stuff. And, I mean, listen, all those crazy workouts that he does, there's a chance that that stuff has, has you know, contributed to this injury. Um, we don't really well, now know. Now he's, he's about to redefine the rehab workout video right, uh, absolutely. genre. He's about yeah. to <laughs> blow the lid off of the rehab guys. But, you know, the point is if – if anybody can come back from this sooner, you feel like it would be Derrick Henry. Now, we don't know. It's a bone, and it's a bone that doesn't get a lot of blood and blood. Like I said, I learned way more about that today. Than hey, bones, before. calcium, drink milk for strong bones. You see that milk commercial he did? Yeah, Ran go. through all those shelves? That's it. He's already, he's already drinking his milk. He's He'll be back two weeks. He'll be back. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, all that to say that you could have a rested, at least, version of Derrick Henry to start the playoffs. So that he'll be fresh in terms of the rest of his body. And they just got to wonder how the foot's going to be. Right. Yeah. And, and, and they've got a lot of time now to figure out how to play offense without him. So, I mean, if this injury had to happen, it's obviously better that it happens now instead of in three weeks. If it happens in three weeks, he's done. It's it. It, You know, it's over. Um, Right. So they've got some time to adjust there. Also, you know, the news today that they've signed Adrian Peterson to the practice squad with the, you know, he's going to be elevated. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be our starting running back on Sunday night, I would assume. Um, when I first heard that this morning, I was like, seriously, 36-year-old Adrian Peterson, like that's the You best were not about it. Yeah. But as I, you know, looked into his numbers last year and what he was able to do last year, and then you think about running style and all that kind of stuff, I, I don't hate the signing. I still feel like there had to be somebody out there that they could have brought in. Um, but you know, I, I think that he gives them the ability to continue to play offense the way they want to play it. Now, nobody's replacing Derrick Henry, not Adrian Peterson, not anybody that is, I mean, maybe alive, but especially not anybody that's not on an NFL roster currently. So, no. I mean, obviously all of that we know, but I think that Adrian Peterson gives them the ability to play a similar style of football that they've been playing with Derrick Henry in there. Well, and I think the signing of AP is uh, really telling about where the Titans coaching staff in front office is in terms of their headspace, right? 
there was a lot of talk about early this morning, you know, the trade deadline coming up tomorrow, 3 p.m. Central Time. You know, they've got 30 hours to get a deal done. And it's like, in hindsight, throwing together, I mean, that is, you're going you're gonna to get railroaded by, by a team trying to trade when it's obvious you're desperate and you're trying to get something together at the last minute. That's, that's something that was probably not ever all that realistic. Um, especially when at running back, you know, of the skill positions on offense, running back seems to be the most plentiful out there on the market in terms of guys you can just pick up off the street that are serviceable in a running back by committee setting. And they just happen to find a guy on the street that's a serviceable uh, future Hall of Famer in Adrian Peterson at 36 years old, which is basically dead in running back years. Somehow he's still kicking it. But um, here's the thing. First of all, I... I'm not crazy typically about the veteran signings. I was not crazy about the signing of Jadavian Clowney last season. Um, although I, I think he played a little bit better than people give him credit for before he got injured. That that defense was just really bad, but tangent. Um, I was I was I liked the Julio signing, but I was very clear about this is great if he can remain healthy. And well, we've seen the highs and lows of him being on the field and when he's not on the field so far this season. Um, this is a signing that I really like, and I think it's because I watched more Detroit Lions football last season than um, the Surgeon General recommends for uh, safe consumption, probably, which isn't even all that much. It's just any amount of Lions football is probably dangerous for your long-term health, but, you know, I'm, I'm a just a degenerate and will watch any NFL football if it's on TV, and I remember watching, you know, Lions games, and every time I'd, I'd turn over to the Lions game, it'd be like, man, how does AP still, he's got, he's still got some gas in that tank. Um, he's running hard, and he was maybe the only redeemable part of that offense last season. He apparently has stayed in really impeccable shape. I think, like you said, in terms of run style, uh, and this, this is the, the broader point that I was trying to make, right? The Titans, where they're at in terms of, replacing Henry finding a suitable alternative to Henry because there's no replacing him they clearly in my opinion do not want to change their identity really at all and that's why I alluded to earlier I don't think you'll see a lot of Ryan Tannehill 45 passes uh, in these games coming up I don't think you'll see a lot of stuff that looks all that out of the ordinary for the Titans besides the running game being some different faces and not being as explosive and dynamic as it has been. Um, but other than that, in terms of their general game plan, the way that this offense is the, the identity that this offense has carved out for itself. Um, I don't see that changing all that much. And I think with this running back committee that they've put together of McNichols and Peterson and probably like a foreman um, from the practice squad, I don't, I don't see that being all that different, I think that with the idea that Henry will be back later in the season, be available for the end of the season and or the beginning of the playoffs, the idea is what we're doing is working. The Titans have been the most beat up team in the entire league already this season. They've they've got more people on, and I think they have 20 plus people on IR. Um, it's been next man up mentality all season long. So why would they go away from that now? And I think that that's probably pretty wise thinking on the the coaching staff's part, not to be too overreactionary. 
I think this team, when you look at the, you know, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, and Stephen A. Bless him, but this morning he was doing his, uh, he was he was he was making that money on first take with the <laughs> with the clickbait hot takes of the Titans season being over, um, which is what you expect him to do and what he's paid to do over there. But it's it's just foolishness, um, you know. The idea that this team is six and two despite playing a really challenging uh, schedule of late, and overall they've played some challenge. They've played some challenging teams. It's not been a cakewalk of a schedule so far. And there's they're at six and two and at, have sole possession of the first seed in the AFC right now. It's halfway through the season, despite being the most beat up team in the league. That's not because of one guy. And that seems like something that I shouldn't have to say out loud, but apparently I do. Derrick Henry has been the heart and soul of this team, and he's he's been their best player. But they are still a formidable team at most every position outside of running back as well. And and so the idea that they can't put together a serviceable running back by committee group to be able to continue to to play the same level of football, you know, I think the Titans defense, like I said earlier, is going to have to step up in a not as big a way as they have in in years long gone by, but in a bigger way than they have of late, you know, the Titans offense can't be relied upon necessarily to score 35, 40 points in every game. And, and I don't think that will necessarily be a problem if the defense continues to trend in the direction that is trending. Um, if, if the offense is able to, you know, if they go from 30 points a game to 24 points a game without Derrick Henry, the defense should, with the people that they have on that defense, as long as they stay healthy, it's reasonable to expect them to be able to hold teams under 30 points as well and and make these games competitive. So, you know, I liked the AP signing. I don't think the world is ending with the Henry injury, particularly because... He seems to be in a situation where he can come back later in the season. Um, so, yeah, I like I like the AP signing. Yeah, and just a couple of things to wrap up. I mean, one, as far as, you know, I think you made the point before we started recording, that Adrian Peterson was here this morning and they didn't work anybody else out. And I, I don't know how they could have even really worked him out by the time it was reported and then he was signing by lunchtime. So they obviously had had at least like some type of kicking the tires type thing with him before this. Now, I don't know, you know the extent of that, but it, it did seem like they already knew the direction they were going to go very early on. Um, as far as the trade's concerned, you know, they gave him a two for Julio. So they don't have... You know, we know John Robinson likes picks. I mean, this is not the Rams where not the Rams, right? Where I mean, they're in and and they're going right now. And I mean, I think there's a case that that could be made. We the do, Titans they do employ be. a scouting department, right? But uh, but listen, I mean, that's not John Robinson's mo. And so you don't have a whole lot of capital in this upcoming draft, you know, to to make a big move. And I, I don't think that was ever a thing. Like you said, you, you, you do it by committee, you patch it together to get to the end of the season. The points you made on the defense is a good one, and especially, again, that we talked about before, when you look at their opponents. I mean, who, what offense that's left on this schedule strikes fear in your heart? The Rams, Sunday night. That's it. Absolutely, that's it. That that's is it. it. And so, you know, I mean, to, to think that 
they could. I mean, if they score twenty four points in the rest of their games, they, they should win six or seven of these games. Win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, easily. So I really, I really think that you know, from as bad of a thing as it was this morning to learn about this injury, as you step back and, and look at it and get over that like initial panic moment, it, it's it's really not the end of the end of this end of the world for this team. And like you said, Stephen A. Smith, I mean, that's what he does. And again, that's what you expect from a national guy who didn't take the time to really dig into the standings, look at the division, all that kind of stuff. I mean, again, yeah, that, that, that's kind of what you expect here. So, you know, again, um, there are a lot of things that could go wrong, and we could, in three weeks, we could be having a very different conversation. If they lose the next three to, to the Rams, Saints, and Texans, then, yeah, we're, we're, then it's time to, to start panicking. But for now, I mean, and again, even if they, even if they lose, you know, 42 to 14 against the Rams on Sunday night, which is in the, you know, it's in the realm of, out, of possible outcomes, right? Um, even if that happens, that doesn't change really anything that I've said so far tonight. Um, you know, it, it's still the same outlook. We, I, I said everywhere, coming into this stretch of Bills, Chiefs, Colts, Rams, they had to win two of the four. They won the first three. So they're already ahead of where they needed to be right there. And, you know, you're playing with, with a little bit of house money with this Rams game, and then you start to look at what the schedule looks like after that. So... Again, is it good? Absolutely not. Is it? Does it change what they're going to have to do somewhat on offense? Yes. Does it change who they are fundamentally? No, I don't think so. And I no. think that's okay. And, you know, again, things can change, and we know they do change quickly in the NFL, but it's not the doom and gloom that I will admit that I initially felt when I saw that report this morning. Right. Right. No, I agree. So that's where we're at, and I think, um, I mean, is that anything else we need to hit before we get out of here tonight? No, this Sunday night game should be interesting, yeah. really interesting. It will be. <laughs> Gosh, if they win that one, then, I mean, you know. And like we, like we said earlier, I mean, this is the spot where the Titans show up, so we'll see. I mean, they're going to have a, a lot of conversations in that building this week, I'm sure, of, you know, we're all we got, rallying around each other, all that kind of stuff, and we know how good they've been in those types of games. Well, that's Stephen A. clip on loop. Yeah, I don't expect them to win. But no. I, I won't be shocked if they do. So, no. uh, you know, we'll just we'll just kind of see how that plays out. All right. So that'll do it for us tonight. Again, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Easton is at Easton Freeze. BroadwaySportsMedia.com is the place to, to go for all of your Titans news analysis. We'll have a ton more on this Colts game and, and on the outlook for the rest of the year. So be sure and check that out. For Easton, this is Jimmy saying thanks so much for listening to Home Run Throwback. And we will talk to you again on Sunday night. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.